When you are feeling on top of the world, how do you relate to those who helped you get there? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. And we do have a Parsha this week, although heavily focused on Rosh Hashanah just a few days past and Yom Kippur just a few days forward. We have a Shabbos in between with the Parsha of Ha'azinu, the penultimate Parsha of the Torah, as we're getting close to the very end. But Ha'azinu has within it two points that I'd like to pull together to help us hopefully gain perspective of how to act and react when things are going well. Vayishman Yeshuun Vayivat, the Torah describes the unfortunate outcome that Vayishman Yeshuun, Yeshuun, another name for Israel, for the nation of Israel, Yishman becomes fat, Vayivat, and they kick. When things are going well, there's an unfortunate possibility that rather than look at all the good that has come my way and be appreciative and acknowledge the source, to do very much the opposite. Sometimes the feeling as you tap that belly and, ah, that was a good meal I produced for myself, or I really can afford a nice dinner at this very expensive restaurant, and I've managed to pull off all of the success. Sometimes the inflated bank account leads to an inflated ego, or the expanded uh, financial portfolio allows to a certain sense of expanded ego and sense of just how much I have managed to accomplish for myself. Losing sight of the fact that it was Hashem who provided the talent, the resources, the environment, the, the world uh, economy, the various factors that have contributed to my success. And in the context of the verses in our parsha, after God has bestowed the fertility to the earth and the rains and all of the productivity from which we've benefited, we run the risk of achieving that fatness and that rejection of Hashem. On a simple level, when I'm doing A-OK and things are going well, I'm no longer in that no atheist in a foxhole mode. And I imagine that individual who went into the foxhole all smug and distanced from God, but now as things are getting rather dangerous and he's really at risk, hey God, if you are there, hey maybe, maybe, maybe you'll do me this favor and protect me. And then, miraculously, all quiet and he's safe. And, huh, okay, now I'm back to where I was before. This is the uh, kind of quip about the individual who is desperately trying to find a parking space in downtown Manhattan. He has a meeting that's going to make or break his entire future financial career. And it's simply impossible. And he begs God, God, if you can do it for me, if you can get me the parking space, get me to the meeting on time, I'll give you 20% of the revenue of this deal. And right then a car pulls out of a spot and he says, oh God, no worries, I'm fine, I don't need it. Well, that's the Vayishman Yeshurun and the Vayivat. Ever pick up a two-year-old up to the sky and they say, hey, I'm bigger than you. And they might actually believe that. <laughs> we kind of write that off to their unsophisticated, immature outlook. But have we dropped the immature part as we become more sophisticated? 
sometimes we're forgetting who's picking us up and who's providing. And on the interpersonal realm, how often is our success due to a coworker, a supervisor, a encouraging friend or spouse who've helped motivate us in certain directions, certain moves? Have we maintained recognition of that? Do we show appreciation of that? Or has it turned into something very antithetical of that? There's a risk that not only do we forget, but our internal defense mechanism that wants to provide a sense of success and sense of ego and I don't want to reduce how much I treat myself as my source of success. So I'd rather totally dismiss anybody else's input into that success. There's a line attributed to the great Satmar Rebbe, Rebbe Ol Teitelbaum of Blessed Memory, when somebody was doing something very frustrating against him, he commented, have I done you a big enough favor to warrant this? And outsiders were curious, what do you mean big enough favor? He must think you did some disfavor. And he said, no, 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 no. Human nature is that if in fact I've done a big favor, then there is the possibility that he can't live with that fact that he has to attribute his success to that favor, and he has to reject it internally and, and turn it into the opposite. And no, you were actually in the way of my success when it was quite much not that case. So here this Vayishman Yeshur Vayivat, this danger of our success leading to rejection. But how do we protect ourselves against something that can be a function of human nature? How do we protect ourselves from letting it get to our head and having our uh, inflated egos you know, turn us against all those that provided our success? Or really, how do we protect ourselves from having the inflated stock portfolio and inflated bank account inflating the ego? Perhaps we can learn from another message within this Parsha, a message of a missing Yud. Because toward the end of the Parsha, when we are revisiting, uh, basically being reintroduced to Joshua, Joshua, this juncture, is basically co-leading Israel with Moshe as Moshe is about to leave the scene and Joshua taking over. So Yehoshua is how we would expect him to be called by the Torah. That's the name we translate as Joshua. But the Torah uses his name Hosea. Now Hosea, we were told earlier on, had been his name until Moshe added the Yud back in the Parsha of Shalach when uh, introducing the section there of the spies going into Israel. And Moshe elevated Yeshua out of the pool of the rest of the spies, gave him an extra blessing, an extra dose of connectivity to God, the Yud and the He and the Vav combination, basically having God at the beginning of Joshua's name now. So why is it missing at this juncture? Why is he Hosea? rather than the Yehoshua that we'd expect him to be called. Commentaries have various approaches. Rashi, quoting over from a very early source, the Sifri, tells us that this is reflective of the fact that Yehoshua, as we'll call him, it's just easier than keep referring to him as Hosea, but Yehoshua didn't make the mistake of letting his new stature, his new rank, get to his head. And whenever he was in proximity with Moshe, he would constantly be treating himself like he was way back when he was just Hosea, that student absorbing from his teacher, that student subordinate to his teacher, and eager to learn everything he could from Moshe. 
He didn't let it get to his head that he was now Yehoshua, about to be taking over the leadership. Yehoshua, who had been elevated by Moshe out of the pool of the rest. Yehoshua, who had a distinctive role. I'm just that original Hosea, the young student in front of my master. Ironically, the more we treat ourselves as elevated and having grown, the more we run the risk of stopping to find opportunities to further elevate and to grow. Think of it this way. If there's a pyramid, the higher up I think I am on that pyramid, the less people I turn to as mentors and role models. And when I think I'm at the top of the pyramid, hey, nothing to aspire to. Nobody to pull me up higher. But if instead I recognize that I am where I am because of those who've nurtured me, those who've educated me, those who've provided for me, well, maybe I can continue to gain further nurturing, further education, and whatever provisions I can glean from them can help elevate me to higher status. So even without being altruistic, simply if I want to be greater, (laughs) I want to be a better whatever it is, then I should continue to recognize that I have what to gain from those who have helped me get to this juncture, and certainly those others who are excelling in this realm. I have a theory that the way Hashem designs our human development is fascinating that as an infant, as a toddler, young child, we have no clue how much others are providing for us. We have no sense of just what it means for our parents to give up so much time and energy and sleep and often um, attention to career or to social circles, and they really forfeit enormously for our sakes. And perhaps we don't have the capacity to fully appreciate that till quite a bit later on, and probably we have no capacity to fully grasp it until we ourselves are parents. And hopefully at that point we start uh, recognizing and appreciating it. But because if we were to grasp it at a very early stage, it would be so difficult for us to develop a sense of self. And it would be so difficult for us. We'd be so overwhelmed with the need to be in awe of what they've done for us and with incredible gratitude that either it would stifle our ability to develop a sense of self, of self, I'm just a product of everything that they do for me, or the backlash that we would do the opposite. And we would be back in Vayishman Yeshuan Vayivat mode, and we would be saying, oh, I've got to reject what their input and find a way to, in my mind's eye, uh, deflect it so that I can feel good about myself. So Hashem does us the favor, and we only start tasting little bits of it as we've already developed some sense of independence and some sense of self. The more we can be Hosea-like and that we can, as we go through life, maintain an attitude of, hey, wherever I've risen up to, I may be on top of so much of the world vis-a-vis where I was at different stages, but I have so much appreciation for those who helped me get there and so much determination to continue to glean from them. The more we can do that, the more we'll likely be able to get that further nurturing, that other assistance, because, hey, don't you appreciate um, helping others 
when they show appreciation back to you? Wouldn't you rather nurture and provide to somebody when you have a sense that they care about it and appreciate it and reflect it back in a positive way? So we stand to gain so much more by remaining in that more humble mode. And it will serve as a protection against the very tragic other approach of that Vayishman Yeshurim Vayivat, that kick of rejection. So let's try to be in the exact opposite direction. Let's be the type of people that God will say, I'd love to provide them more blessing because they know how to acknowledge it. They know how to appreciate it. They know how to utilize it. And those that surround us will want to further invest into us, put their time, their effort, their energy, because we show how much we appreciate it and we continue to to glean from them at all opportunities to do so. Such an attitude, that Hoshea attitude, that antithesis of that vayivat, uh, turning the, uh, the received blessing into reason for further blessing, will be to our great benefit and help us become the type of people who are far more likely to achieve Eritachlis.